Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Zaya Quiena, Courtney Wright, Bryce Diamond. We are here in the offseason for the Toronto Raptors. But we are here as the big three, y'all. You know, Boston Celtics had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. JV's got a big three. And if you're an NBA podcast, look out. Because this big three is legit. It's going places, it's doing things, and I'm very excited. Uh, so much so that I might w- talk about winning a hundred times in this episode. Uh, guys, I don't know how you're feeling, uh, but but I'm on cloud nine right now. Welcome, Courtney. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you so yeah, much. Glad to have you on uh, the pod, finally, not just as a guest, but uh, as a member. And so, Live uh, and in person. Live and in color, live and in everything, and um, but uh, yeah, we uh, I know that you're gonna add value to uh, the pod and uh, even maybe uh, challenge us to be on our best behavior <laughs> and stay focused on, on 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 what's in front of us in terms of the basketball world. But nevertheless, I know you have a bit of Raptors crazy yourself, and uh, uh, yeah. That's fair. If you're looking to me to keep you on track and focused, you have selected the wrong person. <laughs> I am terribly sorry. You've made a horrible mistake. Um, but I will do my best. Well behaved. Can't make any promises there. But it is wonderful to be here and talk basketball and, and meet you guys in person. Absolutely. You're actually real. <laughs> and drink good beer while we're doing it. Uh, we have just officially, in the NBA, finished the second round. Uh, there are four teams left after being in that Elite Eight conference semifinal, whatever they call that. We are in the Final Four conference finals. It is a fun time, an exciting time, uh, but we have less games. And I feel like the quarterfinals is like the best, uh, you know, sweet spot for the playoffs as a fan because there's always games, right? Every, every night there's at least one that you get to watch. And now we have a night off here as NBA fans, uh, so why not talk about <laughs> the NBA and do a podcast recording for that? Uh, where do we start? Where do you guys want to start? I have lots of uh, talking points, lots of notes, but where in the second round do you want to get us started? You know what? Well, let's, <laughs> let's leave it with uh, court. Ladies first, wow. as Queen Latifah would say. Um, it's going to be happening a lot, isn't it? In the spirit of politeness. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you, Bryce. I, I love the excitement of trying to switch between games, having multiple screens set up, trying to pay attention to everything all at once. It's a wonderful time to be a sports fan in general, because like, I was watching the Leafs, I was watching the Blue Jays, WNBA season started, and NBA playoffs. Um, so it was difficult at times finding enough screens to actually watch everything at the same time. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit, uh, I don't know what to do with myself in my <laughs> now. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to see Miami making it through. I would love to see Kyle mm. get another ring. I think, yeah. I don't know necessarily if Miami has it in them this year, but I'm just happy to see him go on to the second round, you know, and obviously happy to see the 76ers not go on. Definitely, um, definitely. Are we surprised? <laughs> Um, Thoughts on the Sixers series? Thoughts on uh, the troll, uh, Troel, getting whooped uh, by by Miami? I don't think I commented on the his post game when he brought up. This is what in the middle of the series against the Miami Heat, and he brings up (laughs) um, the Toronto Raptors fan base, you know, and how. 
we had this kind of uh, haunting effect and um, on him and um, he started to question our ethics. Um, this I mean, guy, man. I, I understand, uh, you know, in, in, in Love and Basketball, there's these, you know, fights that you pick. You know, you always have this, these nemesis. But um, I also felt that he was trying to distract from the underperformance of both himself as well as the 76ers. Hence why he brings up a variable that have that does not contribute to whatever happens onto the court, as aside from paying uh, other than revenue streams, uh, the Toronto sports fan. So it's fun to be mentioned because it seems like we have we've had an effect. Aside from that, um, I think this it really bothers me that we lost to this team, knowing full well how weak uh, the weaknesses in 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 in, in in the 76ers, um, and especially James Harden, who, um, at the end of the day, I'm not shocked. You know, he has precedent, and I'm not trying to slander him and, and like, uh, ESPN pundits, and, you know, he's, like, the worst basketball player ever. No, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he just hits a wall and doesn't doesn't really help teams when it requires of them to make that jump in the playoffs um he needs to defer that to other other uh, his other teammates but um so i wasn't shocked that they lost against the miami heat one glad that kyle lowry got time to rest um but the series that really got me was the bucks and celtics Mm. i thought i thought you were going to mention that to start us off because the we have relation the raptors have history with both teams in the playoffs Um, and uh, it was tough. Who I was, I who was I really cheering for? And to be quite honest, who I was really cheering for was just Giannis. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just as a Toronto sports fan, I'm anti Boston by nature, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I just, I mean, I. We're not Bud fans. We're not Bud fans. We're not Brooke Lopez fans. No. Like. Um, but uh, it was a fun series. Went to Game Seven, and uh, mad respect to both teams. And um, important to note, Milwaukee was missing uh, Middleton, hence why I think they. Uh, Norm Powell's son, we call him on the pod. <laughs> he ran out of gas, but uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It, I think the second round offers probably the most riveting type mm. of basketball because this, these are teams that moved on from the first round so the level of competitiveness is increased and and there's just so many more games to, to mm. do so yeah it was a fun series it, and i mean grant williams last night i don't know where the hell that came from <laughs> that was another moment i turned on my tv i heard them say that he made his seventh three I thought I had to clean out my ears. Like, that. I don't know. That he ended up making eight threes last night. Wow. But, like, the most random time for him to show up and have the game of his life. Yeah. So, as much as, you know, I hate to see Boston win, I have to give credit there. Al Horford, too. Like, he had a great that series. That was fantastic to see from him. Turned the, 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 the hands of time, really. Because I remember, he. this is a second go with the, the Boston Celtics, right? They, mm-hmm. they have to rid him rid their his his contract or move his contract rather um because just his body was decaying uh, and i think he, he had hit he had hit a wall which is normal right you play a lot of basketball you know you're a you're a big man uh the pounding uh that you take um Stop distracting me, guys. <laughs> and uh but he played like a man possessed that series um they don't have Al. I can't believe I'm saying this. They don't have Al Horford. They don't win that series. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> I never. If you told me that three months ago, I would have. It would have been hard to believe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What's the parlay on that? Uh, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Uh, and I guess going back to the 76ers too, my heart does go out to Danny Green. Yeah. That was. Pretty that yeah. was rough, especially like I mean not to. I know we've already talked a lot about Joel and we've made our feelings about him known, mm-hmm, but to have mm-hmm. like a potentially career ending injury committed by your own teammate, oh. I just, yeah. and I don't get me wrong. Danny was obviously a menace 
when we faced the 76ers, yeah, but you never want to see a guy get hurt like no. that under any circumstance. No. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to Dang. see if he can pull through. Uh, you had mentioned Grant Williams hitting seven threes. My dude was seven for 18. Grant Williams is shooting 18 threes yeah. in a so ball game? Coach Bud. What the is, heck? And he was plus 25 last this night. This was the defensive scheme oh, that man. Coach Bud wanted. On, he wanted to, on the switches, he said, well, we're going to leave uh, Grant Williams open. And we're going to, for, you know, we're going to force him to take that, to take that shot. He's shooting what sub forty, sub thirty five. For goodness gracious, right? So he had the he has he had the game of his life. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Game seven at home uh, against the defending champs. We gotta put it, you know. We have to contextualize it. And um, goodness, um, yeah. Shout out to Emeka Idoka, first year as a coach. Taking the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Would we have thought that they would be this good playing in the Eastern Conference Finals? And for many, I think there's a lot of folks that would say they're the favorite even uh, without Brad Stevens coaching them. Uh, very interesting. Everyone's so he, much, much love to, to coach the coach. poster boy for the last like oh, five gosh. years. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Danny Ainge. But uh, a, a series and going, you know, another series that was also exciting was the Grizzlies and Warriors, uh, which was had drama, you know, like a you know, a soap opera at twelve o'clock in the right. afternoon, a weekday. All my children. Um, days of our lives. Um, what's the, the other days one? of Draymond's life? I'm <laughs> telling you. Um, yeah, and it was fun. Dil- shout out to Dylan Brooks, Mississauga boy. Um, and uh, injuring Gary Payton, we're gonna give him a shout out on the pod. Shout out because he's playing in the <laughs> NBA, he's playing at the highest level. I mean, he's from my hometown, um, so I usually give him love. <laughs> uh, do, we, do, do players make mistakes? Absolutely. But to suggest that he broke the code, he was intentional in trying to injure Gary Payton. Uh, is it uh, the third? I think it's the third. Okay. Right. Um, no, that's absurd. And I think that's 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 you know thinking that you have uh, a telescope into someone's soul. And so even if it's you know if even if it's suggested by Steve Kerr, I I'll have to respectively disagree. But um, no, it was a it was you know. A, a, it was a series with uh, you know a young generation in the Grizzlies and, and the older generation in the dynasty of the Warriors. So it pe- it piqued more than just my interest. Oh, yeah. I don't what, know what, what were your thoughts, Courtney. I would have loved to see it play out with a healthy John Morant. Absolutely. I I still think the outcome would have been the same. Right. I think the Warriors were going to win the series regardless, yeah. but. He was just fun to watch, Absolutely, and yeah. it was heartbreaking to see the way that he went out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great series. I always, I love seeing Stephen Adams and Draymond face off after oh, the gosh. incident. Um, I don't even remember what playoff year, what year that was now, but 2016, um, when Draymond just kicked him right in the nuts. Yeah. Every time I see them anywhere near each other on the court, my heart stops for a second. I think um, there's actually a YouTube compilation of Steven Adams getting kicked in the nuts by different guys in the league. I think that he, he's like at the most nut kicks. These things are made of steel. <laughs> at this point, I'm sure he's wearing uh, what do you call it? New Zealand, man. They're built different, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a jock for Josh, sure, man. Uh, Maybe a chassis belt, just an extra perception. Yeah, I work, sure. I mean, I work. But he's also the strongest guy in the league, supposedly. So I'm sure um, he has that going for him. But uh, no, th- I think this playoffs, I don't know what Adam Silver is thinking to himself, but this was a great um, expose of, of, of what the NBA is and what it can be, right? Um, I'm, I'll, the last... Uh, series to mention is the Phoenix and Dallas, right? Where you know I think they're secretly the 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 NBA um, secret society has wanted um, Luka Doncic to finally kind of have a platform, and now and I, I to be honest, you couldn't pay me to 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 
to be convinced that Brunson would be the unsung hero uh, for this match. How about Spencer Dinwiddie as well? Spencer Dinwiddie, but Brunson started this in the first round against Utah. I expected them to lose yeah. to get possibly swept because Luka La- didn't play for, I think, two games. Maybe, yeah, two so, or three. Um, yeah, and then to see him give the ultimate ass-whooping to um, the you know, the, the current uh, Western Conference champs uh, and the point god, my, you know. My Your guy, my, man. My guy, uh, Chris Paul. It was hard. Yeah. I, I hoped that Dallas would win that series, but I don't think I ever thought it was feasible. It just mm-hmm. didn't make sense. Yeah. You know, they have Luca. He's amazing, but he's, he's one man. Yeah. Um, so that series was fun. I mean... Game seven, it's, it's been a while since we've seen a game like that that was that Ooh. overwhelming. Ooh. Just, I mean, Chris Paul and D-Book having three points at halftime, I, you never could have convinced me that that, yeah. that like, it's just incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how far Dallas makes it. I don't, I don't know, I don't see them making it through the next round, but time will tell. Time will tell. Did, did you have any feelings uh, in that... Uh, Mavs Suns game, seeing the Suns shoot as bad as they did, of the uh, Western Conference Final in 2018, Houston versus Golden State. Remember when Houston missed all those threes? Yeah, couldn't 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 hit a three to save their lives. Uh, this was this was the Chris Paul James Harden another Chris Paul game. Yeah. Oh, shoot! And Dan Tony was on the sidelines, and uh, Kevin Durant was injured, wasn't playing for two games, I believe. Um, and they just, they had everything. They couldn't, to, to put them over, they just couldn't, they got, they went cold. Um, it's tough. Tough. Yeah, and Chris Paul, if he just turned 37, it would be nice to see him. 37. To get a, Good yeah, age. Just turned... <laughs> <laughs> um, but it would be great to see him get a championship before right. he retires. You know, the guy, he... Or maybe not. No, yeah, absolutely. We can't. Well, I, said last, I thought he was. They were gonna win last year right. in the finals. They were up 2-0, right? I, I, I mean, I, I think I was yelling from the rooftop saying, "This is the year. Yeah, this is the year." Been. Um, and I talked too soon. I celebrated too soon. Mm. Um, if Kyle Lowry wins a championship this year. Does that make up for Chris Paul not winning a championship, or not really? No. Okay. However, there's still vindication. There's still there's still a win within the Raptors nation, kind right. of right. There's 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 something there, um, and um, hopefully he's referenced with a bit more with more prestige, right? Rather than just you know. He's looked upon as one of the great point guards to play in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he an automatic Hall of Famer if Miami wins? Or is he already a Hall of Famer? Oh, that's tough. Tough sell, but okay. I, I don't think it's unrealistic right. if Miami wins this year. Right. Might not be a first ballot. Pre- no. Hall of I, Famer, I but. I say first ballot, but. Yeah. Mitch Richmond is a, is Damn. a Hall of Famer. Kyle always got to always got to bring in Richmond. That's Mitch the NBA. Made, uh, when you when yeah. you had Mitch yeah. Richmond enter into the Hall of Fame, you widened. Yeah. The mm-hmm. hall, you widened the gates, and this is only because I love doing this as a recreation. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Dookie Grant Hill made the Hall of Fame. Right. His, his career was cut short, and that's unfortunate, but yeah. I do not know right. how right. Right. he gained enough credibility to... Coach K, man, working those uh, backroom deals, just like, you know, recruiting and, and being able to launder money somehow wow. as he was doing it. Wow. Okay. Um, I told you, Courtney. I told you. <laughs> I told you you Bring have to rein it in. Bring exactly. It in. I, I told you. I told you. You're um, doing so well. <laughs> Um, so whenever <laughs> one some some I hear someone talk about it's it's you know let's uh, it's not a it's not a certainty that Kyle Lowry enters into the Hall of Fame. Right. I have research 
for like maybe a good two decades, right? To 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 justify my my position. Nevertheless, it would just be great to have him and Jimmy and uh, the crew, PJ Tucker, to win mm-hmm. a chip, right? Oh yeah. Um, over the Golden Boys uh, and um, and the Boston Celtics. Gosh, <laughs> please not Boston. Um, any any speaking of Jimmy Butler, any thoughts on what Jimmy Butler said while he went to the locker room post game? I don't know if you heard I think this, I Courtney. It. I, I was able to catch this on social media. Um, as he's going to the Miami Heat locker room, game is done. They're on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler yells out with a couple cameras on. Jimmy was probably very, you know, well aware of the fact that the cameras are on. He yells out, Tobias Harris over me? Wow. Shocking Jimmy Butler. Now, this is the same man that had beef, that had quarrels with TJ Warren. Is him doing this punching down toward Tobias Harris? <laughs> I mean, Tobias Harris is a max guy. I know, yeah. I, mean, I yeah. love it. I love it. Jimmy Butler. Speaking of drama, this guy can create drama. I've, I've unpacked this <laughs> the last two days. So, Courtney, I'm gonna this, since this is your first time hearing this, I'm gonna let you have a go. Uh, first reaction. Oh, first that's reaction. just. I think it's it's kind of punching down. Yeah. Uh, I get where he's coming from, definitely. Right after playing a game, you uh-huh. know, emotions are running high. You, you know the cameras are always on you, but we see some of the shit that guys say when they know cameras are watching them, so it's... Yeah, I think I want to give him benefit of the doubt. He was frustrated in the moment. He said it, and he probably meant it, but bit of a cheap shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he directed it solely towards Tobias. Because right. Tobias is not him, he's, he's not himself signing his own super or max contract. Mm-hmm. It's being issued organizationally. By the 76ers. He's saying he's directing it heavily towards the owners and the management, uh, which at this point it's Elton Brand and Darren Morey. Well, Darren Morey wasn't there uh, when he um, wasn't re signed, but um, Jimmy Butler always finds a way to, you know, levitate the issues of drama into the scene of basketball. And I think he does that well enough, knowing the cameras are on. So, um, um, but Tobias Harris, I'm sure, is sleeping very fine, knowing (laughs) his investments and his bank accounts are, you know, filled and he's being compensated. But but there was also this kind of, I don't know, bromance going back and forth in the interviews. If you heard, you know, uh, Jimmy saying, you know, he misses playing with, Joel Embiid, right, right, right. And Joel Embiid in his post game saying, "Well, he misses Jimmy." Oh, wow. And um, and I and I, I tell I'm telling you, if there's a couple of players always give me the creeps in the NBA, based on their talent, but but also demeanor, and as and as a Toronto Raptors fan, we felt it for years. Jimmy Butler was one of them. Whenever we played against Jimmy Butler, he knew. Chicago Bulls definitely. He, he, like he knew either our playbooks, but or he was tele, you know, he had this telepathic capability of reading what was in the, you know, inside the brains of our top players, and he would always overperform. And I said, if he will continue to be with the 76ers, he would, he'd be our our hardest challenge. Note that he was also the one that tied the game up before the the shot, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, to greener pastures, Jimmy Butler, he's in Miami. Yeah. Uh, last uh, point I want to, to talk about in respect to the second round is now that the Heat are through and Dallas is also through, um, for me it begs the question of, of this. Last year was known as the Summer of Giannis. And I'm wondering, if Miami wins, or if Dallas wins, is it possible that this summer is a white boy summer with Tyler Hero or Luka Doncic? Go. 
You can leave now. <laughs> I, and I will take it from here. Thank you for your time. Courtney, what you don't know is that I'm the one that actually threw that uh, out in the you know, in, the in the ether last week when I joked around using that Chet Hanks uh, line. Chet Hanks. Just yeah, that's the first yeah. and last time that brother is going to ever be mentioned on this podcast. But, uh, I just love it, man. It's such, it was so funny when you said it. I don't want to be controversial after the statement, but... This is gonna be a white boy summer. I'm like, well, okay, of, of all controversial statements being said in the world, the polarization of our, you know, our political culture—that's controversial. Have you heard that before, Courtney? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I'm familiar. Uh, no, I'm just hilarious. No, I, I, I really, I really believe um, that. Uh, you know, my predictions are throw that out the window. Right, right. Or, you know, no one could have told me that mm-hmm. Dallas would have been in the Eastern Conference, uh, Western Conference. Right, Conference, right. No right? way. And um, and so, you know, mm-hmm. like given the circumstances, and I think Miami, what Miami, and Boston were one and two in the standings, right? In the East. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Bryce, did you have any predictions that were accurate or completely horribly wrong? Well, my NBA Finals prediction, because uh, I got a lot wrong in in the brackets. I think I actually picked the Nets to beat the Celtics uh, because I was like, I just don't like the Celtics that much. So my judgment was clouded. I also had the Raptors beating the Sixers. Um, but my Finals prediction, because my heart was taken out of it and my mind got to focus in on some things, or at least my my rational side of myself uh i picked uh miami versus golden state and i have golden state oh, beating the miami heat in the final golden so state miami. yeah in the final now will that happen i don't know but it, you know right now it's looking all right i think miami matches up really well against boston i think that there was a team yeah, that boston had to play that they you know that they were going to be nervous about it's Miami. Um, I think Miami spreads the floor way more than the Bucks do. And I think this is a series way more, uh, obviously, than the previous series. And I would even say way more than the Hawks series. I think this is a series that Bam and Abayo could have a really big series. Hmm. Um, Horford was able to do some things against Giannis because Giannis... Um, is the is the guy so they have a whole defense that's attacking him so horford has coverage now you have a team that's going to be four corners uh and then at a bio you know finding the cracks right um and they have tons of guys who can shoot the ball um even jimmy in the playoffs his numbers go up uh, from downtown so i don't think that uh, Boston's going to be near as comfortable on either end of the floor um, against Miami as they were with Milwaukee. Again, Chris Middleton not being there helps that. Um, and in Dallas, Golden State, yeah, I, I feel pretty good against in that one as well. You give more games to Clay, and and Clay's going to show up bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys think on that. Who will be in the final? No, that's I, I honestly hadn't really made final predictions, okay. but that sounds accurate. I don't see, I don't want to see Boston beat Miami. Good night, Boston. Oh, we'll never hear the end of it. Uh, <laughs> that I, I mean, obviously, I'd still enjoy the playoffs, but if it was going to be Golden State in Boston, it would be, uh, wouldn't be as fun to watch. Um, right, right. I don't know. That sounds right. I would you rather see Luca in the final in Dallas? I think I would rather that. Someone um, different. Just for, for mm. his sake. I think right. it would be amazing for that team. I would be stunned. Although, as we've been saying, this has been full of surprises. It's so true. obviously it's anything true. can happen. Um, I mean, that would be fun. Dallas against Miami, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, they would be the and, third ooh. time they would have met each other Since in French Atlanta. Yeah. Six, eleven, and then here yeah. we are in twenty. Yeah. Wow, that would be interesting. I don't know who I'd put my money on. Yeah, um, it's true. I, 
you know, if there's, um, you know, as a Toronto sports fan, I know there's this kind of animosity you have towards Boston, okay? But um, in the Toronto, in the Raptor kind of, no, it's not Raptor, but NBA landscape, there's a guy that doesn't play basketball and is not on the coaching sideline that sometimes can wreak a level of annoyance, and that's Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And so I, sure. if, if, if Dallas makes it to the finals, right, and, and wins, you won't hear the end of it from him. First of all, I, don't, I think he's talking right now. Like, he talks <laughs> all the time. Does he have a podcast? Right? Probably. Um, and um, so that, that, that's that. I just thought about it. But I, the one thing that goes under um, appreciated is the coaching. As, 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 the, as the games get tighter and there's less teams left in the playoffs, I mean, it's not just about talent. We're talking all of the young, we're, you know, uh, Steph Curry's and Luca's and so on and so forth. But these adjustments that coaches are making, not just game to game, quarter to quarter, possession to possession, um, that that's to the coaching staff. I don't want to just throw it to one of the to, to the coaches themselves, but the coaching staff are so meticulous and they are they do their due diligence. They're I think they lose sleep during this time. I think they're watching tape from like 1980s, right? You know, watching guys' tendencies. Um, and so uh, in that Eastern Conference um, matchup, I'm looking at Spolstra because if there's someone who gives Nick Nurse, uh, who matches Nick Nurse mm, mm. Uh, in this kind of mad scientist, yeah. uh, Eric Spolstra does that magnificent. Uh, you know, magnificently, magnificently. Yeah. There you go. And but even Adoka, again, I didn't, I didn't see this coming from him. So I don't know what he has in his bag. And the same thing with Jason Kidd. Uh, we didn't uh, see him coming back two down two zero against Phoenix Suns. Um, and again, I counted them out in the first round. Right. When, when I heard Luca was injured, I'm like, he was injured for three games. Three games. Season. I'm like, wow. right. And so that's pretty um, impressive. That's quite impressive. It, uh, so it's uh, kudos, kudos to the coaching staff on both ends. And so I won't make my predictions at, until I see. Um, okay, that's not fair. I'll say one. Make it now. I see Golden State moving on. I, I just uh, that right. that that team of Steph Curry and Draymond. Um, right. I, I would just say Draymond. I think right. that guy's spirit, character has this kind of refuse to lose, mm-hmm. and and I, you can finally see that bleeding into the uh, other players, like the Jordan Pools, Kamingas, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Look, it was an All Star this year, right? Within the context of the Golden State Warriors, um, so I actually see a Golden State Miami Heat finals. Yeah. Fair enough. So we're all on the same page. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. With I mean, the Miami Heat winning it all. Oh wow! Oh, because I respect Kyle Lowry, man. Man, I just hope that hamstring gets well. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I would love to see another Game Six, 2019 type performance from Kyle. Some at some point in these last mm-hmm. two yep. playoff oh, yeah. series, oh, should yeah. they play two? Uh, well, let's shift our focus here from the NBA to a league that just started another season, the WNBA. Um, And unfortunately, there are headlines well before the games started uh, with the WNBA. Some good, some not so good. Uh, But let's start with kind of a fun and and dynamic headline. Uh, Sports Illustrated puts out their swimsuit edition every year. And I must say, it's been a long time, probably since I was a teenager, that I actually paid attention to the Sports Illustrated cover. But this year, I looked at it multiple times. And that's because five WNBA players were on the cover. Tia Cooper, Sue Bird, Nika uh, Uguamika, Brianna Stewart, and Dee Dee Richards. And my first response was this, like, uh, ridiculous 
kind of like worried um, kind of perspective, maybe a little purity culture uh, getting in there mm. and just thinking, oh, is that the right move for these women? And then I just started reading reactions mm -hmm. from women in WNBA media or, or basketball media. I saw player reactions. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is great. Like I can be taken out of my old self and be brought into uh, this, this joy about celebrating the whole human. They're not just basketball players. Mm -hmm. um, and yet um, this is an opportunity for them to, to be themselves, to have fun with something and probably, I hope, make some cash off it too, because Sports Illustrated's had way too many men on the cover and went, make way, way too many NBA players and not enough WNBA players. What were your thoughts when you saw this? Um, first, moment of appreciation for Sue Bird's abs. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all of the women looked incredible. I love, I mean, I thought it was awesome. I find it funny that your first reaction was. Is this the right move for them? Because Bryce Diamond terrible, is terrible. obviously uh, he would be the most insightful and have the most knowledge into what the best move is for a WNBA uh, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> so I find I find that very interesting because yeah. I've heard that from other people as well. Right, right, right. Like, right, well, right. why are they doing this to themselves? Why are they degrading themselves? Yeah. Like, and it's I old mean, Bryce I, stuff. I, <laughs> and I always cut those comments in the bud, and I used to think the same way. You right, know, right, like, right. Um, and I'm still, I'm not perfect. I'm always learning. But mm. to me, um, you know, empowerment can look like right. whatever it looks like for you. Yes. Uh, if wearing a bikini is empowering for you, no one can tell you that it's not. And even if it's not empowering, you just look good. And Sports Illustrated asks you to be on the cover of their magazine. And that's reason enough. Still totally fair. Yeah. Um, I mm. did really enjoy seeing the wide range of reactions. I was elated. I thought it was wonderful. I mean, to me, I always think of like the ESPN body issue. Right? Where everyone's nude yeah. on right, the cover. Right, like that right, takes right, right. it to the next level. But right. you see, like when male athletes are on the body issue, uh, the comments are overwhelmingly positive and supportive. Okay. And then when it's women like Serena Williams, it's like, oh, well, she's a mom now. She shouldn't be, you know, exposing herself to oh, the world my like gosh. this. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, you know, I've even heard people say, like, well, if WNBA players want to be taken seriously, they have to decide if they're athletes or if they're models. Wow, wow. And it's, we've got a long way to go. Long way, <laughs> we've long definitely way. got a long way to go. Oh, Bryce isn't the only one out there with oh, stupidity. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> I also found it hilarious. A friend of mine at work commented about Sue Bird specifically saying like, ah, I just don't really like the look of like chiseled women like that. Wow. And I was like, do you really think she cares what you think yeah. <laughs> about her body? Um, True. But I mean, I thought it was great. I I can't say that Sports Illustrated is a magazine that I've read a lot, or the swimsuit issues specifically, are not ones that I ever browsed through as a teenager, um, at least not openly. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's great, and it, mm. it's as simple as these five women wanted to do this. They were given the opportunity, and they took it, and yeah, yeah. I think that's remarkable. Yeah. And like you said, with the the chump change that they get paid if they have an opportunity to make some cash being on the cover of one of the biggest magazines in the world. Hell yeah. Yeah, go do your thing. What do you think, Z? In the, the basketball landscape is one that uh, celebrates, you know, individual expression and creativity. So, um, you know, NBA fits is a phenomenon. Right, seeing NBA players um, strutting to the arenas or posting different types of, you know, sartorial outfits that they put on um, for different types of events, whether it is fits or it's nothing, right? It's just they're, you're, they're showing their bodies. And like you mentioned, um, Courtney, we celebrate that, right? There's a different tone to it, right? Um, I even hear the word, oh, how brave um, for some of these athletes posing in the nude for ESPN. Um, so I almost, you know, I already know the discourse around, you know, women's bodies mm. and, 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 
and sports around um, a more conservative um, readership. So uh, good, good on uh, you know the editors, but also these women who also are leveraging the moment um, and the opportunity that they have with the spotlight on them. Right? It's uh, we're going to go on a different you know turn of the subject regarding WNBA players, but um, they're probably one of the most savviest athletes out there. Um, Absolutely. And, and so they know what they're doing, right? Um, and secondly, I think it's it, these are also queer women, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's an opportunity for them to um, express um, themselves in a more liberating way where, you know, several decades ago, that wouldn't be even the case. It wouldn't even come close, right? And they wouldn't even be open about their identities mm. to that degree. So we're celebrating a lot of things mm -hmm. here, and uh, so um, I mean, if, so to 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 the naysayers, I'm like, goodness gracious! I mean, could you focus on a different subject matter to really, you know, you know, get up, you know, uh, call scandalous? But nevertheless, no, incredibly enchanting, beautiful, um, seeing it again, and I hope to. Hopefully this sets a trend, right? Mm. To say that this is something that um, that the, these women deserve, and uh, this continue and allows them to also get the spotlight that a lot of the men, at least in the NBA, have really occupied, right? In terms of how they showcase their individuality. Yeah, I I think there's something that feels right about Sports Illustrated putting athletes on their swimsuit edition. Now, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, uh, people who identify uh, as female. Uh, it could be, males could be on there too. Like, there's no reason why uh, they couldn't be. Obviously, traditionally, um, you know, there have been, uh, you know, people who identify themselves as women who are on there. Um, but uh, do we need models as, like, all of a sudden, the magazine, you know, in years past, went from heavily sports-focused to now we just have models on the cover who are wearing next to nothing, right? Now we have athletes who are, who are uh, being able to be profiled uh, as they've chosen in a, a kind of a different way. And it's, I think it's kind of fun. And as you said, Zaya, when you see the players come in, both the NBA and WNBA do this, you see their fit and you get excited about what they're wearing or they're just being goofy and they're just having fun, putting on clothes and celebrating fashion. Um, I think this is kind of an, a, a fun way to do something similar. Um, right, one thought, uh, the last thought about it, at least on from my end is, Loretta Houston was the photographer for, for this shoot and so, uh, you know, if there's anything as it relates to the kind of the gaze, right? Most of this industry, we've always known historically, has been dominated by, by men, right? right? And so, uh, who would dictate the t what what right. viewers would see, right, right? Right. And so Loretta Houston, uh, she's an LA fashion um, photographer, was the one that was tasked to to, to be the primary photographer for the shoot, and so it allows for a different type of gaze and a different type of framework and how we appreciate these women. I'm not saying that men cannot accomplish the same objective, but historically that hasn't always been the case because we know that the swimsuit edition has always featured models, right? And not women athletes. It's always been yes. um, uh, supermodels, for yeah, example. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's a great point and shout out to her. You can see some of her work on IG. Courtney, anything else you want to add to Sports Illustrated? <laughs> no, I, I said my tangent. I love it. Would love to see more of it. I thought it was wonderful. And uh, I I mean, not necessarily just Sports Illustrated, but just these mm. women doing what they want to do and expressing themselves in whatever manner mm. is most suitable for them. Like, I've loved Liz Cambage since way before I started watching the WNBA mm -hmm. um, because she's also a model. Um, and a remarkable one mm, at that, mm, right? And yep. for her, it's like that's just something that's always kind of been a part of her brand, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it obviously doesn't mean that every WNBA player has to do that, has to be a lingerie yeah, model. Yeah. But at least having 
being accepted and being okay to do so without fear of, you know, am I going to get re-signed? Is, are there going to be repercussions that could be potentially damaging to my career? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great point. Um, the Las, uh, Las Vegas Aces started their season with a new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest paid coach, I believe, in the WNBA, Becky Hammond. Uh, a million-dollar contract, well-deserved, mm-hmm. um, I would say. Um, certainly don't need to look at what uh, her counterparts in the NBA necessarily make or um, the college coaches. Um, some would say that Becky sh- should earn more than what she does, but a million dollars is a million dollars. Dwight Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some thoughts about Becky Hammond. She's also uh, three and one with the Las Vegas Aces yeah. to start the season. Pretty good start. I think they're first in the West, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tied for first in the West, yeah. I think. Obviously early, but I think she's doing remarkably. I mean, it's. I was really excited when they announced her, um, and she's been great. I haven't. I think I've only saw two of their games so far, um, but she looks like she's been doing this for decades. Right. She looks so confident. Obviously, the team really respects her and puts a lot of trust and faith into her. Um, so I'm excited to see where she takes the team. But at least so far, no notes. She's doing amazing. I just don't want... Um, I know the added pressure on her to do well. And what this doing... How are, we, how are people measuring her success at the WNBA? And can she just coach and, and achieve her goals... Um, not just her individual goals, but also the team and organizational goals without the pressure of having to um, prove, again, kind of the basketball world that she can coach. We, always, we, we know that she can coach. It's, we know what Becky Hammond brings to the discourse, right, which is, yeah. is she that great of a coach who is deserving to coach at multiple levels, um, which one of them being the NBA, All right? right? And so I, I, I know she coaches incredibly well. I hope that that continues to be the focus and rather um, not the other kind of extra, extra curricular mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also uh, players who are well-known that have returned healthy. Uh, Sabrina Inesco, is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, uh, with the New York Liberty. New York she Liberty. is back healthy, which is great. She's, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, some would say she's kind of a mix of, of Luca Magic and CP3. Mm-hmm. She's that got that kind of game, oh, yeah. point guard mm-hmm. oh, yeah. game with oh, yeah. range. Oh, yeah. um, great to see her return. Yet to return to the court, our own Canadian zone, Kia Nurse. Uh, hoping that she returns. Who are some other players in the league for you guys that you, you've been watching or, or you enjoy watching that you think others should tune into as well? Um, well, I'll be the first to admit I am a relatively new WNBA fan, so I'm finding excitement in just getting to know the players, mm. getting to know the different rosters. And uh, I, I don't agree that the WNBA should only have 144 players. However, it does make it easier to familiarize yourself with every team, you know? Definitely, um, definitely. So for me, like going into the season as a pretty new fan, I was really curious to see Ryan Howard because obviously there were huge expectations for, for her and she's been phenomenal. Um, I saw, I think today she was announced as Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Wow. Her first week in the WNBA, which is phenomenal. It hasn't been done in 20 years. I'm blanking on the last player to do it, but it was in 2002, last time a player. In their rookie year. Yeah, in their rookie year was Eastern Conference Player of the Week in their first week. So she's just been fun to watch. Um, I was watching the game on Sunday, and in the first quarter, she put up like 17 points, which is like, she's brand new. Ridiculous. Um, you know, giving Scotty Barnes vibes, or you're just wondering, like, <laughs> well, honestly, I yeah, look yeah, to yeah. her, and I'm like, what yeah, is yeah. her ceiling? How yeah. far can she go? Yeah. Rookie of the year, you know, it's, right. it's not unrealistic. I think at the start of the NBA season, when I thought about Scotty as rookie of the year, it was kind of like... I knew it was possible, but it felt like more of a dream. But I think now having the confidence of seeing what he's capable of, I'm really curious to see where how she just continues to grow. I think she's also leading in made threes. 
so yeah. far in the whole league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so she's just been a lot of fun to watch. Really, really, really fun. Uh, and then, of course, like Sue Bird and uh, Diana Taurasi, like both in, I believe they're both 40, if so I'm not playing. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as they should be, they yeah. are looking great out there. And then, of course, CP3 Candace Parker as well. I know that we weren't sure if she was going to come back this season. Um, so she's been a lot of fun to watch, of course. Great finals run last year. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, she can go deep into the to the playoffs this year as well. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um a player that I, when she's entered to the foray, um, gave me the creeps. And I always thought about it in terms of me competing with her, right? And I remember growing up in the 90s watching WNBA and re- coming to the conclusion that I cannot beat any of them. Oh, right? gosh. However, back in the 90s, I don't know, I, we had this conversation, Bryce. Yeah. There were players who I, in the NBA who I thought I could be. However fantastical that was, Steve Kerr, for example, I said, that guy cannot guard me to save his life. What? Yeah, a, a, a young 13-year-old Zaya said, Steve Kerr, Steve of, the Kerr Chicago Bulls, of the Chicago Bulls cannot guard me. <laughs> um, now, again, you know, um, no way. That that obviously isn't the case. But the person based on her demeanor, her competitiveness, and her game is Diana Taurasi. Every year she does, you know, she's getting older, and so she's refining her game. But um, she, and she, you know, one of the highest, if not the highest paid NBA player, Um, and and well, well worth it. brings to the WNBA what, you know, um, uh, someone like um, LeBron James or, uh, you know, a Giannis or a Kevin Durant. It's those elite athletes um, and their competitive nature um, is that is that added variable that leads to wins or that, that allows you to, to, to see some remarkable display of athleticism on the court. I, and just, I know I'm going on a rant, but uh, I remember her t- taking uh, threes several steps away from the WNBA line as a way just to confirm that, hey, I can shoot the NBA three. Just to, you know, just to let the world know that I'm that good. This isn't, you know, you don't have to accommodate for me. Uh, and again, for me, that's important, and many others. It's important for the the women's game, but it's also just great basketball just to watch. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Tarasi. I'll never get bored watching her. Um, and um, Skylar Diggins Smith. I've seen her since she was in Notre Dame, and so uh, seeing her um, continuing her um, in her career always. I mean, I'm any guard I give love. So she's, uh, t- her level of tenacity, um, her mind and how she approaches the game. Um, but, uh, I was just thinking about it. You know what? Maybe this summer I should go to a game and see the, the, the Liberty play. Are we invited? Or <laughs> is this a solo trip? Hey, You're just hey, going to tell us about hey, it? Hey, hey, yeah. I just thought about it. I, I just thought about drop it. this on the pod. I just, not thought about it. I just thought about it because... Um, Still like send us a pic from the game. So. <laughs> Remember when I talked about this hey. on the pod? Um, I'm being invited to the postgame. No. Um, no, I think it's important to see them live, especially uh, certain athletes um, i mean kia nurse would be great to see her play right given an opportunity to mm-hmm. see her play a lot um and so uh yeah and just to really support you know put our money where our mouth is right and yeah. support the, you know one of the ways fans can support um or increase the revenue stream the WNBA is by going to the games so new york trip road trip down to new york Sounds good, Z. I like it. I like it. Absolutely. I mean, and I do want to see Sabrina Ionescu. Ionescu. Is it Romanian? That I I don't know. Okay. (laughs) It is, I think. Ionescu. Um, And I followed her when she was playing in Oregon. And the hype is real. Oh, yeah. Like she, and it's carried over. 
So to just see her live, I think, would be like a main event. Um, again, not just for the women's game. No, but just for basketball. She's mm -hmm. a t she offers a level of tenacity. At her age, she operates like she's a veteran, right? And that's and that's just incredible. And so, um, yeah. Put Sounds money good. down. Let's make it happen. Let's, <laughs> your money we're putting down first. <laughs> <laughs> Taxpayers' money that we're putting. Uh, we've named a number of uh, Phoenix Mercury players, obviously, um, which is good. They've got a great team. Uh, they they went to the finals, I believe, last year. Uh, lost in an incredible uh, playoff run um, to Chicago Sky, uh, Candace Parker and company. Uh, but, of course, for the Phoenix Mercury, there's still a player missing. Uh, Brittany Griner, who we know uh, was in Russia to play because she don't get enough money playing for the Phoenix Mercury, uh, which is, I think, absolutely absurd. But now we hear that she has 30 more days in detention. Um, who knows if that will be the end of it? Um, there has, it seems online, there's been more conversations among the players, certainly among the fan bases and, there, and, and even organizations who are connected to the WNBA, who are trying to give more noise. Um, there were even kind of like moments of solidarity um, in the first week at games. Um, no, nothing negative was mentioned about Russia necessarily, but here she is in Russia detained basically around the same time that the, the invasion from Russia into Ukraine happened. Any, any other, uh, facts that you guys know, any other news that you've heard about Brittany Griner or even uh, some of her teammates have talked about? Yeah, I was reading about it today. I mean, obviously horrible horrible situation that she just shouldn't be in. Today is the 88th day mm. that she has been detained. And I was thinking about that this morning, like going over the last 88 days, three months almost in my mind of just thinking of what's happened in my life, what's gone on in the world at large and how much she's missed. Um, and even last weekend, uh, her wife, Sherelle, graduated from law school. Mm. And Brittany couldn't be there, of course. And I, I can't fathom what mm. that's like for... For Sherelle, not knowing if her wife is safe, being a black queer woman in yeah. prison in Russia, it's, yeah. I mean, it's horrifying. I don't know how she sleeps at night. I don't know how she is coping with everything. Um, I did see that the U.S. State Department has now issued a statement officially classifying Brittany as being wrongfully detained. Um, so when was that, that when was that made? I think Today? that was yesterday, yesterday it became okay. official, yeah. but essentially what that means is now there's, I wrote it down, the office of the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs okay. Okay. is yeah. now handling her case. Right. That's heavy. Like yeah. that, that sounds yeah, yeah. terrifying. Right. Um, right. I honestly don't know what specifically that will mean. I know that they will be basically working, deal, managing hostage negotiations yeah, yeah, yeah. to essentially try to coordinate her release um, but it's exactly like you said Bryce for me I was just thinking of how messed up it is that the whole reason she went to Russia in the first place is because she doesn't make enough money in the WNBA and she's one of the best I mean one of the best players of all time and yeah, the fact sure. that she's in this position just because she was trying to work trying to get by um, is just is just horrific right um, and so, if this was Kevin Durant that, right. You took the word right sorry, out of my sorry, mouth. Courtney. No, I can't help but think, right? right. Like it's the the blatant inequity of it. Mm -hmm. If Giannis Antetokounmpo was in a Russian jail for three months, if LeBron, if KD, if any of these big names, if Tom Brady, like going outside of the NBA, I can't fathom that things would be as generally accepted and quiet as they are. You know, news outlets have been speaking out. It's been on BBC now, CBC, lots of major news organizations. But generally speaking, like the average person has no idea what's going right. on. Right. And I can't think of any other professional U.S. athlete where they would be given that same treatment. 
I know that initially WNBA players were hesitant to speak out mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of fear of potential retaliation. Right. Initially, I was pissed off. I was like, why is everyone being so silent? Why isn't yeah. anyone saying anything? But yeah. then, of course, you put things in context and you don't want to post a tweet that's going to result in tangible harm being done to yeah, her because yeah, yeah. you're trying to help. So it is difficult. It's, you know, it's nice to see the, the courts that all have her name and logo on it. It's nice. It's kind of like it's something. Yeah. It's a gesture of solidarity. It's better than doing nothing, but it, it feels very helpless. Um, there is a change.org petition uh, that was posted yesterday by the WNBPA, the Players Association. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh, just shy of 136,000 signatures right now. Interesting. Maybe we can post the link in the description of this episode great, or something. Great call. Um, great call. You know, it's one of those things. I don't know how much signing a petition mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. do, but I would say if you if you care about Brittany, if you're wondering what can I do, how can I help, that's a very simple five-second thing you yeah. can do. But it's uh, it's heartbreaking. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, obviously, you know, making those comparisons with male American athletes, although you said Giannis and, you know, the, the Greek government, I think, would start to sell assets if they found out that Giannis was uh, in there. I, I almost wonder, you know, that the State Department has issued um, this press release. Um, I, I would think that that's good news. Only because from what I heard prior to this, uh, everyone was quite quiet, WNBA and the U.S. government, because they just weren't sure where this was going. And they, as you said, didn't want something uh, quite bad to happen to Brittany. Um, So the fact that now there are these public demonstrations and public releases, my guess is that there is some positive things happening, some shifts diplomatically, I hope. I mean, the last thing you want is to send money to Russia right now. <laughs> but, you know, money can be printed. You know, Brittany Griner cannot be printed. So let's get her, let's get her back. Z, thoughts? Uh, no, well said, Courtney. And uh, just a heads up to the listeners that uh we do plan to have a uh, episode that we will, uh, fingers crossed, interview a human rights lawyer in order for us to do a deep dive on the politi- politization of uh, mm. the uh, the unfair uh, detainment of uh, Griner. And we do look at this being a move for um, the Russian government to pull particularly mm. uh, detain someone who they can leverage uh, in the midst of um, the current kind of uh, political uh, tension that arrives and in light of the invasion of, mm. the, of Ukraine. So, um, uh, and unpacking also the, the, the role that athletes play in, in the cross-section of politics and what fans can do. So thanks, Courtney, for bringing up that petition. Yeah, definitely. Um, but um, the more we continue to talk about it, right, is 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 key because I we can't imagine if it was one of um, the other stars or athletes that we just mentioned, um, as particularly American, um, and the uproar. But I think it also continues to highlight the inequity that that lies at the Absolutely. heart of uh, of women's sports and what they need to, what they constantly need to do to compensate financially and where they have to land and play. Um, so uh, I think uh, the, um, um, there's more information to be to be known, but I think Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Griner's uh, resilience and um, courage in maintaining uh, a level of um, composure in the midst of this uh, through some Goodness of the statements she's issued on Instagram or through the New York Times interview um, is quite um, remarkable, and it's there's still a lot more um, uh, days or maybe even weeks until there's uh, there's movement here. But um, um, uh, we're we're with her in solidarity, and I'll leave it there. I just shared on Facebook that I signed the uh, 
change.org uh, petition because uh, why not just do it when it's right in front of me, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, how much uh, change can we make? I, you know, uh, who knows? But the more it gets out there into the algorithms and into the ether, the, the better um, for sure. Let's hope that uh, well before uh, the end of this month, um, Brittany can return swiftly, safely um, to uh, her, her partner, um, to her family, to her friends, and maybe even if we're lucky, uh, I'm sure she would feel very lucky as well if uh, before the All-Star game happens for the WNBA, she can uh, be back and, and playing. Mm -hmm. If, uh, if she wants to. It's should she to want to? Yes. yes. Going on yeah. Maybe she is just desperate to get back out onto the court. Yeah, and maybe yeah, that's yeah. all she needs. Right. But uh, I hope that everyone will respect whatever yes. choices she makes, whatever right. amount of privacy she chooses to take. Yeah, um, yeah, there's, yeah. No one else can really tell her how to approach this or recover yeah. from this situation, yeah, yeah. you know? But yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Selfishly, it would be amazing to see her play. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, uh, lots to talk about in our uh, next episode, no doubt, uh, with the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals happening. More WNBA games to watch, to enjoy. Um, if you thought that the NBA's um, league pass was too expensive, guess what? The WNBA League Pass is very affordable. Last year, it was twenty-five dollars mm -hmm. to watch every game, including the playoffs. I don't know what the price is this year. It's thirty-one ninety-nine. I know thirty-one ninety-nine. I put my money where my mouth is. Respect. There's not a whole lot of ways you can tangibly support the WNBA financially as a Canadian, but yes, League Pass. It's phenomenal. There's even an app for like Amazon Fire yeah. Stick, yeah. Chromecast, and all that. Super seamless. I've already got my money's worth, and we're what four games in, basically. So. Brilliant. We'll we'll split one as a house. <laughs> I'm sure you you one and me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. My daughter enjoyed watching WNBA games uh, last year, and uh, the game is good, and the game is in good hands. Um, so hopefully, we get to talk a lot more about that, uh, especially in in this summer. The summer of the WNBA. Forget white boys. They've had enough time. Let's get uh, more of the ladies at the forefront of the summer, right? Am I right, WNBA? All right, y'all. We'll catch you soon. Peace. I think I don't, I don't do dreaming, boy. I'm on your